Hello, and welcome to the Antioch Fort Worth weekly podcast. At Antioch, our desire is to cultivate a passion for Jesus and his purposes on the earth. To connect with us in community, partner with us through giving, or visit on a Sunday morning, please visit AntiochFortWorth.com. We hope you enjoy this week's sermon from lead pastor Jamie Miller. Hey, good morning. Everybody doing all right? You guys, wow, you look wonderful. All your smiling faces. We are going to be starting this uh, series here. It's going to go five or six weeks, leaving myself a little bit of flexibility just, just in case. We'll see. But uh, on Galatians. So open your Bibles up to Galatians chapter 1, verse 1. And while we're doing that, just a reminder that next week is a big day. Next Sunday, we have a vision night at 5 p.m. And then the same exact vision night will ha- also happen on Wednesday night at 7 p.m. So if you can make one of those two nights, we're asking that everybody, we're doing two because everybody can't fit in the room. And so just asking that uh, pick one of those and come to one of those. And it's going to be a great time of finding out more about what's happening at Antioch, Fort Worth in the future. So excited about that. And uh, about six months ago or so, I signed up along with a few other people from the church here, signed up for to audit a class with N.T. Wright at Vancouver, at Regent College in Vancouver. <clears throat> And he writes, one of the foremost New Testament scholars alive, probably really been influencing me seriously for about 20 years or so. And uh, even if there's people that maybe don't like him, but they, they would still put him in the top handful of New Testament scholars that are alive today and got to hear him. It was really cool. And we got our worlds kind of blown. We sat there, Graydon was, we were sitting next to each other, and it was like sitting, being in front of a fire hydrant. He's talking on Galatians and just, and just trying to take some notes, you know, just something like that. Is that fair? Yeah, yeah right. And so, so the whole plan, we, I, I've been thinking about Galatians, like, hey, we need to do something on Galatians. And, but I was thinking January 2020, that was really what I had in my mind. And, and uh, on day two, Graydon leans over and he goes, really? Really? We're... We're really going to wait till January to talk about this because we were getting our worlds rocked and our minds blown in such a wonderful, good way. And so here we are. We're going to we're going to do it. We're going to go for it. And you know, on that second day, that day that uh, we were talking about it, there was a Q and A time with Dr. Wright after the after that morning session, <clears throat> and uh, everybody was blown away because it has so much to do with what we're going to be talking about today in these next few weeks about. Being one people with one table, one community, one story. And this will rock the world if we'll get this. So it's a big deal. It's a big deal. It's, it's, I mean, talk about relevant for like our culture right now. Would you say? Maybe. Just there might be something from Galatians for us right now. This 2,000 year old document, you know, literally has, has stuff for us and, and uh, so we were, we were sitting there and the, they asked the question, so what does this mean for the church right now? Everybody was just kind of reeling. And Dr. Wright thought for a minute and looked down. He said, repentance. Repentance. And, and so I want to frame repentance over these next few weeks. If we could just, if we could just all kind of agree that it's okay to repent. You know, and not like, it's not, whatever, if you've got a negative thing about that, just like, hey, it's a positive thing. It's, it's realigning ourselves to the lordship and kingship of Jesus Christ. That's, that's really what I'm talking about. And you may have tears or you may not have tears, but it's getting right in your thinking. It's changing 
your mind and getting your mind aligned. That's what repentance means. The Greek word metanoia. That's what it means. And so, uh, this is our, our story. This Galatians thing is connected to the story that we've been grafted into. As most of us in this room, probably Gentiles, that would be nations that aren't Jewish. That's all the nations. The ethnic groups of the world that aren't Jewish are the Gentiles. So, way to go, Gentiles. <laughs> and, and any Jews that we have here as well. That's awesome. So, uh, but, but we're a part of this story. So flash this story up. I use this from time to time just to help everybody see that we're a part of something that's been going on for... This train's been rolling for a long time. And we've hopped on a moving train. We're not just, oh, wow, 2019... Uh, we're saved, and okay, what do we do now? We're part of a story, this story from creation, the fall, the promises given to Abraham that, through a, through he, that he was going to be a blessed man and that through him every nation of the earth would be blessed. All the nations would be blessed. Jesus Christ ultimately comes and the sending of the Son and the sending of the Spirit that Galatians also talks about, very Trinitarian. I mean, this is the first Christian letter written. 49 A.D., so most people think that. First Christian letter written, and you've got the Trinity right there. I mean, yeah, the church fathers figured that stuff out in the 2nd, 3rd, 4th century, but how about Paul? Just Paul right off the bat, the sending of the Son, sending of the Spirit in, in uh, Galatians 4. But here we are, the church, and we are. it's like a fifth act of an unfinished play that we are living our lives under the leadership of Jesus and the leadership of the Holy Spirit and the Father, and we are pointing to the way things should be. New creation. We are God's time travel people that welcome the future in and through us right into the present. Does that make sense? So we live creative wonderful, engaged lives with Jesus the King expressing His will right here and right now. And that's what it means to pray, Father, hallowed be Your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. I was sitting there. We were worshiping. I do this often, but just heaven and earth. Heaven and earth. We think of them as like earth and somewhere out beyond Pluto or something, but that's not the way it is. It's, it's man's space and God's space. And so in the ancient world, the temple, you know, the, t- the Jewish temple was the place where heaven met earth. Literally, heaven met earth. And Jesus comes along and says, this is going to be torn down, but I'm going to rebuild it in three days. I'm going to be, I am, the place where heaven meets earth. And now my people are going to be that temple. They are the place where heaven meets earth. And I was sitting there worshiping, and I just was like, whew, Wow. Lord, make this a thin place. We want to hear the sounds of heaven. And just, y'all join me in praying. Every now and then, if you look up here and you're like watching me in worship, every now and then you'll see me do this. And I'm praying that prayer. God, make it a thin place where heaven touches earth this morning. And I'm hearing it and I just was like, whew, presence of God. You know, and that's who we are. We are that place where that future's breaking in, where heaven is touching earth. It's just powerful. And the gospel is that this, this message is called the gospel. And the gospel is that Jesus Christ died on the cross for our sins. The sins of the whole world, not just a few people, but everybody on planet earth. You know, and it's just good news. He was raised on the third day by the power of God. He walked on the earth for 40 days. He ascends to the right hand of the Father. 
and pours out His Spirit so that even though He could only be in one place, now by His Spirit, He can live in all of us. Christ revealing Himself in all of us. God who is pleased to reveal His Son in me. Wow, what incredible, incredible good news. And you know what the, this, this thing, He's raised on the third day by the power of God, therefore, He is the true King and Lord of the world. That's what that means. That's what the gospel means. That's how, that's how, that's how it all makes sense. Jesus shows up on the scene and says, the time is fulfilled. The kingdom of God is near. Repent and believe the kingdom. Repent and believe the gospel. Excuse me. Repent and believe the gospel. And so that's what's going on. That's this good news that we're believing that Jesus is the king and the Lord of the world. And what he's doing is all that he's doing is through this people. This people, just go ahead and look around. I know it's awkward when I have you guys do this, but look around at some other people, make eye contact, smile, make it better. <laughs> just, <laughs> some people don't know each other. It's like, <laughs> isn't that fun? God's made us to be this people. We're a new people. All the ethnicities, and there's many in the room right now, just differences and backgrounds and all these different flavors of humanity. All these different people are one new people together in Christ. And you don't become a Jew in order to become a part of this people. That great news? I mean, that's kind of what this letter is about. Do you have to be circumcised to be a part of the people of God? And Paul's saying emphatically, no, you don't have to be circumcised. And besides, that only touches half the audience. Can, can I get a female witness? And he's going to say that emphatically later. You're all one in Christ. Every single one of you, male, female, Jew, Gentile, slave, free, all these different, all these different places that we find ourselves in. And so instead of the old boundary markers of the law, the, the, the law, so think about uh, Abraham gets this promise that through your seed, all the nations of the earth are going to be blessed. And then 450 years later, the law comes on the scene. So the law doesn't stop this promise that was given to Abraham from being a reality. That's a reality. All the nations are going to be blessed through Abraham. But this law was given kind of, it's like a marker. It's not a meritorious system that the Jews were trying to do in order to climb up the ladder and get to God. They'd already been given grace. They were in a covenant of grace. You're my people. But he gave them the law to mark them out from the other peoples of the world and to push back the chaos of the nations. The Jews, they, they did this with starts and stops and idolatries mixed in and all that kind of stuff. But, but law isn't the marker anymore. He says now you're going to be marked by faith. That's going to be what marks you. But it's not even just, it's, faith isn't, isn't the thing that you're climbing up the ladder with either. You're, it's faith in the faithfulness of Jesus Christ. He's done it all. It's, it, it's His deal. And, and we are now marked out by saying yes. Yes to Jesus. Make sense? So that's what we're in on. This is a big, big deal. Galatians is emphatically saying there's one people of God because of the faithfulness of Jesus Christ. We're going to see that again next week. And so the burden for Paul here is more corporate than personal. And it's more the people of God 
And not so much my individual salvation and me going to heaven when I die. All the implications that he's making in this letter, it's about us getting along together. Us eating at the same table together. Us being having the same story that we relate to. And being this one new community that's, that's welcoming new creation. And circumcision, uncircumcision, that doesn't matter. What matters is new creation. That's where this thing is going. That's kind of the, the flyover of this. It's a big deal. And there's a way of reading Galatians. There's a way of reading this that emphasizes that God is the ruler and we've broken the rules and Jesus comes and He dies for us so that we can be forgiven and, 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 and help to walk in the rule keeping. Now, th- that's not completely untrue. It just misses the heart of what Galatians is really uh, really about that he's Jesus has come to create a new uh, a, a new community a, a new whole way of living and being and so I'm leaving out a thought and I just why I paused just I want to catch this if we buy into this is just about me and my salvation, and me going to heaven when I die. Which, by the way, salvation's not mentioned in Galatians. But what is mentioned is how we get along together. That's really the emphasis of, of the Gospel here. And so there's a way of reading Galatians where it's just about me and my personal individual salvation. And that is so... We think that way. I mean, in the West, we think individuals, we don't think corporate. We're having to subvert a bit of our thinking which is so oriented to individualism to learn to think corporately in this. And that's, that's where this thing is going. And so what happens is, if we read it just individually, it has a way of excusing us or when we start hearing conversations about how the races or ethnicities, how we should be getting along, it's like, well, we could do that or not do that. I'm saved. I'm going to heaven. I may get around to that or not. And what I want us to get big time is Paul saying, no, this is the heart of the gospel. So he, so, so he tells Peter, you're not act. When I saw he wasn't acting in line with the truth of the gospel. So we say that now we might go, you're not acting in line with the truth of the gospel. He's denying that Jesus was raised on the third day. That, that's kind of how we think. But Paul looks at Peter and says he's not eating with the Gentiles and he's not, therefore he's not acting in line with the truth of the gospel. That's what we've got to, whoa, get a hold of. That's what's, that's what's fueling Galatians. And my, my point here is to say, man, could something be more relevant for the time that we live in right now? I mean, we are Jesus people first and foremost. He is our first allegiance above and beyond anything else culture has to give us, politics has to give us, education has to give us, socioeconomic status has to give us, race has to give us. Jesus Christ is the Lord. He is the King of the world. I mean, it's like, whoa, this is blowing my mind. One family from all nations, one people, one table, one story. That's where this is going. And here's the main thing. I'm really happy today, y'all. Jesus rescued us from sins in this present evil age in order to live and represent His kingdom. 
as the people of God together. And I think there's just, if, if this could, if this could get in us, I mean, that, that's not a bad, that's not a bad sermon in a, uh, a series in a sentence. Like I say, sermon in a sentence, series in a sentence. That's what we're going to kind of keep coming back to again. We're one people. We're one people. And we need to let this, God has called, why is this so important for us as a church? Why is it so timely in our culture? Somebody say something. I mean, why do you think? Because there's tweets going off all the time and there's an election coming next year. And because how do we live unified here together in a way that touches the world around us? Galatians has something to say about that. And I want us to imagine together. To learn to imagine. To, because what happens is our imagination gets co-opted. It gets, just, it gets sucked away. Just imagine, it's just little sucking imagination possibilities by whatever we're watching in the media and all the stuff that's coming down. And God wants us to have Holy Spirit-inspired heaven imaginations about what this people could look like. What this people could be like. Imagine resisting racism. Imagine just being a people that are not just avoiding the negative, but are embracing real life-giving union in the body of Christ as one people together. The church is the place where the love and the joy and the peace and the patience and the kindness and the goodness and the gentleness and the faithfulness and the self-control. We're where all that gets worked out. We are, we are the body of Christ. Like We are the focal point of the reign of God. He's head over all things for the church. And so it's easy. A lot of times we, we dog the church and all this different kind of, The church is the focal point of the reign of King Jesus. He's head over all things for the church. So, like, yeah, just if something happened in the past, I'm sorry. If it involved a minister or a pastor, I'm sorry. And let's move forward. I'm not going to stay in a ditch. But what are you doing? I'm in a ditch. How long have you been there? 15 years. Are you going to keep staying there? Yeah, I'm going to keep staying there because somebody hurt me. I'm just saying, come on, you guys. Let's, we're not going to stay there. Let's, let's, let's up out of the ditch, animate by Jesus, King and Lord, who is the true Lord and King of the world. Okay. So, here we go. Let's go to the text. And I'm just going to read. I'll make a few comments along the way. This is the sermon. We're almost, almost done. It's just one big long introduction, I think, today. And that's kind of what Paul's doing. Like, he's not... He's not even going to get to a command until chapter 4, verse 12. So it's just Paul's telling his story. He's not, he's not telling him to do anything, but, but it is story how, that reorients us. In fact, I need to pause here. Put that, that slide up one more time. Like our story, being, making sure that we're aligned to God's story is huge because if we don't align to this, we'll create or be co opted by the American story, or by the Texas story, or by the Fort Worth story. You know, I'm born, grow up, go to college, get a nice house, get some cars, get a nicer house, 
have some community successes, get some recreational toys, retire, big part of the story, and then go to heaven when I die. And if we're not careful, we just go ahead and live kind of the American story and salt a little bit of Jesus on it all along the way, rather than orienting life to the story of God. This is our story, and we're living in light of all that's happened and pointing toward what's coming and expressing that reign and life and love and kingdom right here, right now. Galatians 1, verse 1. And even like two words in, he starts talking about, I didn't get this from men. Paul, an apostle, sent not from men, so that's probably a charge that's being leveled against Paul. He got this from men. Nor by man, but by Jesus Christ and God the Father, who raised Him from the dead, and all the brothers with me, who raised Him from the dead. And that's, that's critical for us understanding the Gospel. Again, that's at the heart of what the Gospel is. Jesus Christ is raised from the dead by the power of God on the third day. Therefore, He is the true King and Lord of the world. I want to just say that. That's what that means. Is that He is the true King and Lord of the world. It's not just that we get our sins forgiven and go to heaven when we die. It means that Jesus Christ is the true King and Lord of the world. And therefore, we reorient all of our thinking and life and hopes and dreams and everything to Him. To the churches in Galatia, grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ who gave Himself for our sins to rescue us from this present evil age according to the will of God and uh, our God and Father. To Him be glory forever and ever. Amen. So, so we're rescued from the stuff that's dragging us down. And we're rescued also from this present evil age. And that's a big deal. That's, we're getting into some of that overlapping that I was talking about a minute ago. You've got in the Jewish eschatology kind of mindset about the end times, you've got this age and the age to come. And they understood that this age would be punctuated, but the, the new age would be punctuated by the resurrection, the day of the Lord. What they didn't expect was for the coming age to be brought into this age in the life, ministry, death, resurrection, and ascension of Jesus Christ, our Lord. And so now for us to be rescued from this age means that Jesus Christ has brought the coming age into the present. And so we're living in this in-between time where we're trusting Jesus and living by faith in Him, but we're also experiencing, I still sin and I still blow it and I still mess up, but I, I'm not stopping there. I'm living for God. By grace, I'm living for God. This makes sense. So, just, just a big deal. He rescued us from this present evil age. I'm astonished, now onto the Gospel, that you're so quickly deserting the One who called you by the grace of Christ and are turning to a different Gospel, which is really no Gospel at all. Evidently, some people are throwing you into confusion trying to pervert the Gospel of Christ. But even if we or an angel from heaven should preach a Gospel other than the one we preach to you, let him be eternally condemned, which is really, really serious language, right? Anathema is the Greek word there. As we've already said, and now say again, if anybody is preaching to you a gospel other than the one, uh, to a gospel other than what you accepted, let him be eternally condemned. So this, this good news of Jesus specifically is that 
He is the one. He's the ground in where, where there's the faithfulness. It's Jesus Christ. And our lives are to be marked out by faith in what Jesus Christ has done. Not Jesus plus the law. Or Jesus plus circumcision. Or Jesus plus... And there's probably some things that we could think about that would be... I mean, it's hard to imagine something that would be so ingrained. I mean, for 1,400 years, the Jews had been practicing the law. So this is a big deal when they're saying... Give, he's, he's saying, give this up because of a revelation that he's had directly from Jesus. It's huge. But for us, it would be things like Jesus plus a certain philosophy of life. Our worldview. Humanism. Those kinds of things. I'll keep going. Am I now trying to win the approval of men or of God? And there's that underlying question. Probably a, an accusation that's been made against Him. Or am I trying to please men? You know, really, it's interesting that the pleasing thing is... Basically, he's, it's almost a counter charge because that's exactly what the Jewish guys were trying to get these guys to do so that they would be a part of their party. Am I trying to please men? If I were still trying to please men, I would not be a servant of Christ. I want you to know, brothers, that the Gospel I preached is not something that man made up. I did not receive it from any man, nor was I taught it. Rather, I received it by revelation from Jesus Christ. And... You guys, I do want to say that Paul has a specific revelation of the Gospel, but it is the revelation of Jesus Christ that is how Jesus is building His church even today. He's building it on a revelation of who He is. Who do you say that I am, Peter? You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. You didn't get this from man. That's not a man thing. You got that from heaven. And that's exactly how I'm going to build my church. Now I'm going to give you the keys of the kingdom and what you bind is bound. What you loose is loosed in heaven. And this is how things move forward. The revelation of Jesus Christ. For you've heard of my previous... Now He's given us testimony. My previous way of life in Judaism. And how intensely I persecuted the church of God and tried to destroy it. I mean, we've all got different testimonies. Paul's got a pretty good one. You know, I just blew it. I got drunk a bunch. Just partied a bunch in college. And, and then I met Jesus... You know, that's one testimony. And then you got, I, I tried to kill people in the church. Wow. And I thought I was doing the right thing. I was obsessed. Obsession is when you have darkness in your heart, but believe it's the light. Jesus describes that in Matthew 6. You know, how great is the darkness in you when the darkness that you have is, when the light that you have is actually darkness. And that's where he was at, right? He was pursuing Darkness, thinking that it was light. I was advancing in Judaism beyond the Jew many Jews of my own age and extremely zealous for the traditions of my fathers. And that's a, that is a stream of Judaism. The zeal piece. So you got Phineas who kills the, the Israelite and the Moabite woman together. Just, and that was considered zeal. That was considered a good thing. Or Elijah kills the prophets of Baal. And that was considered zeal for God. You know, when they are all destroyed by fire. And then Elijah ends up going out to Arabia and back to Damascus. He's really tapping into the Elijah uh, story and tradition here. But God, when God set me apart from birth, probably a reference to uh, Jeremiah too, just God set him apart as well and called me by grace. He was pleased to reveal his son in me so that I might preach him among the Gentiles. And again, for all of us, I just want to pause here and say, 
Jesus Christ in us is the hope of glory. It's, this is how things are going to be made right. This is how He's changing marriages and families and children and parenting and our city is Christ in us. Christ in use. Christ in y'all. Christ in all you guys. The hope of glory. It's plural, right? Okay, nor did I go up to Jerusalem to see those who were apostles before I was, but I went immediately into Arabia and later returned to Damascus. Then after three years, okay, after three years, I went up to Jerusalem to get acquainted with Peter and stayed with him 15 days. So he's like, I didn't get this from men. I didn't get this from men. I'm not trying to please men. I got this by revelation from Jesus Christ. In fact, I didn't even go up to check with the megachurch, the big founding deal, the, the, the mother church of all, Peter and James. and John. I didn't go to check with those guys until after three years. And he's going to tell us in a minute that he didn't even go back there for 14 more years. So that's, that's how strong he's making this case. Stayed with Peter. I saw none of the other apostles, only James, the Lord's brother. I assure you before God that what I am writing is no lie. Later I went to Syria and Cilicia. I was personally unknown to the churches of Judea that are in Christ. They only heard the report that the man who formerly persecuted us is now preaching the faith he once tried to destroy. And they praised God because of me. Here it is. Fourteen years later, I went up again to Jerusalem. This time with Barnabas. I took Titus along also. I went in response to a revelation and set before them the gospel that I preach among the Gentiles. But I did this privately to those who seemed to be leaders for fear that I had run or was running my race in vain. Yet even Titus, who was with me, was not compelled to be circumcised. Or not even Titus was compelled. He means not compelled to be circumcised, even though he was a Greek. So that's a big deal. They're talking about the gospel. They're talking about, hey, what's the bottom line? What has to happen? And Titus is sitting in those conversations and he doesn't feel that he needs to be uh, circumcised. That's what the point is. This matter arose because some false brothers had infiltrated our ranks to spy on the freedom that we have in Christ Jesus and to make us slaves. We did not give in to them for a moment so that the truth of the gospel might remain with you. So giving in to this, Jesus and the law is going to be a marker of us, not just faith, is, is a return to slavery. And he's going to make that point in a lot of different ways in this letter. As for those who seem to be important... Whatever they were, whatever they uh, were, makes no difference to me. God does not judge by external appearances. Those men added nothing to my message. On the contrary, they saw that I had been entrusted with the task of preaching the gospel to the Gentiles, just as Peter had been to the Jews. For God, who's at work in the ministry of Peter as an apostle to the Jews, was also at work in my ministry as an apostle to the Gentiles. James, Peter, and John those reputed to be pillars gave me and Barnabas the right hand of fellowship when they recognized the grace given to me. They agreed that we should go to the Gentiles and they to the Jews. All they asked was that we should continue to remember the poor, the very thing that I was eager to do. So, as we're reading this today and we're landing the plane right now, is I want to encourage us to let our minds be shaped by this story. To enter in. Yeah, there's a lot of history here. There's a lot of, we've got to go back and kind of figure out who Paul was and what he was doing, who Peter was and what he was doing. We have to understand some things about the law and the story of God. But as we enter into that, 
as we, as we enter into that story, know that it is very relevant for us today. Right here, right now. We want to be people that believe the Gospel. That Jesus is raised from the dead and is the true King and Lord of the world. And let that inspire faith and imagination. I just keep, imagination keeps coming up today. I like it, it's imagination because imagination is like, if I don't have any space in my mind to think about the way things should be, it's going to hinder my faith. It's going to hinder the way I, I live into, like, it's going to shape this desire or lack of desire so that I'll walk through some hard things in order to get to delight the delight of seeing this vision realized in our lives. And it might be, you know, for, for me, that's waking up like, where am I buying into the American story versus God's story? Where am I, uh, what's another, uh, just, um, yeah, just uh, another piece might be, what is the Jesus plus something else that I'm kind of trusting on, trusting in rather than just letting my whole life be marked by what he's done, and I'm, I'm, I'm betting everything on Jesus. Everything's on Jesus. It's not even that I've got like, you know, um, I'm thinking of a cape blowing in the wind. Like I've got some really great faith. I've got, I've got faith. I've got, I don't know about you guys, but I've got brotherly love faith most of the time. And yet Jesus is still saying, like we talked about a few weeks ago, he's still saying, come on, Jamie. Come on, Joe. Come on, Ken. Come on, John. Come on, Shelby. All around this room. Come on, Felix. Come on, Sandy. All around the room. Come on. We're at the beginning of the beginning. It's only going to be more, further, higher up, further in, all that. Let's stand up. Amen. I think, you know, as, as, if you're visiting with us, we always do a little bit of ministry here at the end of the service and just, just a chance to respond in prayer. And I guess part of the call here is what do you need to say yes to and what do you need to say no to? And just it might be things about our thinking and imagination. It might be something that the Lord's speaking to you specifically about like, I want that kind of vision. Because what vision does is it helps us to say yes and no to things. Without vision, the people cast off restraint and we want to have a vision of what the people of God look like and all of our multifaceted differences and backgrounds and all of that. We want that, but nothing less than that is going to be acceptable. So we say no to factions. We say no to division. We say no to unforgiveness. We say no to walking away and staying away. And we say yes to this vision that God has because Jesus Christ is raised from the dead of one people together. So Father, meet us today. Uh, just I pray, Lord, where we need to repent, where we need to respond, where we need to align ourselves to You and Your ways, Lord, would You give us grace to do that. Lord, if we're just saying, maybe for the first time, You are the King. You are the Lord. I want to follow You like that. I want to really be a disciple of Jesus Christ. Then if that's You, come, get prayer. If any of these other things are touching your heart about living for God or seeing the people of God as one, come and get prayer. And if you're just, even this imagination thing, just you want to pray, God, give me imagination for your way of seeing life in the church and your people. In Jesus' name, come. Come get prayer.
Be bold. If you have a prayer need of anything else too, as always, get prayer. God answers prayer when we take time to do this. Amen. Thank you, Lord.